Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me here today. We're going to carry on with our High Functioning Habits series and today is part three. Now, I always struggle. I struggled with the ebook. I'll probably struggle with the full length book about where to put which where. That make any sense? Probably not. Today, we're going to talk about contemplation. But the next chapter in the, or this in the series is open-mindedness. And I'm always thinking, well, don't you need to talk about the open-mindedness before you talk about the contemplation? I'm never sure. I really, truly am never sure. But we're going to talk about contemplation today regardless and see how it goes from there. Now, here's a little update on creating high-functioning habits, including my own. I have put into my calendar a walk just around the block. It's all I need. I, my yoga is, is online. That's been great. I've been trying to get back to, you know, at least getting into one or two classes a week. It's been a little bit of a struggle, but this week they added an evening class. So now right back into my calendar, which is fantastic. I'm not always making the walk, but I sat down to do this podcast half an hour ago and kept yawning. I realized that I have been at this computer all day. And although the walk just kept getting moved through my calendar day as little things ran over, I hadn't gone for it, but I put it there as a cue. So the new book I'm reading is Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. He's got a PhD and his story is quite unique. And his thing is making it scalable, you know, get the habit tiny. So for me, putting the little reminder across my iPad in all the days says, you know what, you need to do physical exercise every day. It movement. I can see it there on my calendar when I forget and get bogged down in things. Then, you know, when I ignore it, then things like today happen. It's like, oh, right. I can't be really alert. And they also talk about the second book. So I'm reading a hardcover book. I'm reading Limited, Limitless by Jim Quick and listening to BJ Fogg's uh, Tiny Habits. And it's funny. And you know, that I spoke about Atomic Habits by Clear. There's a theme in all of our training to you guys. And, you know, that consistency, knowing, you know, we talked about uh, inclination right out of the gate. You can call it all sorts of different things, but it is how you tend to be and understanding yourself, you know, making a choice is, is do you want to change and then finding a way to make it easy for yourself. And sometimes, like I have to laugh a little bit with BJ Fogg because he's got a unique sense of humor. He's like, you know what? I had trouble with flossing my teeth, so I just flossed one tooth. Okay. And I, I you, you know, you're kind of listening to it going, and that is accomplishing what exactly? But for him, his basis is putting in the tiny things without getting down on yourself that you're not, you know, meeting these grandiose scale, scale of, of new habits is a win. And it keeps it present and mindful in your day and, and your hat and your calendar all every day. Sorry, what, I didn't phrase that properly. Just like my little reminder, I really need to go for a walk. Just around the block. It's all, I'm not, not asking for much here. 
day gets busy. It starts to pour rain, which we are having the worst weather here in Vancouver right now. It's like January, uh, as my husband calls it. These are all the little things you need to think about. So that's why we might as well run into cont contemplation because I've explained quite clearly that our inclinations drive us. We can positively make use of our inclinations if we know what they are, okay? They are impressively helpful in building high-functioning habits, but you, you got to know how to use them. Now, it's noteworthy to mention this. It is the sole goal of inclination is to induce open-mindedness. And that's why I tend to put it first because I believe, doesn't make it gospel, but my thinking is if you haven't spent time in contemplation, meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call of it, calming your mind, if you're not an open-minded person to begin with, you're going to struggle getting there. Okay, so that is why understanding your inclination can be so helpful in inducing open-mindedness. But contemplation, I believe, still has to come first. So let's talk about what contemplation can look like. Your success rate at maintaining a high-functioning habit is dependent on how dear you hold this process and how successful you are at practicing it. No one that I've really ever kind of studied, emulated, or listened to in my personal development will tell you anything different. If you do not spend time in contemplation, meditation, prayer, showing gratitude, whatever you want to call it, you're going to have a tough time being high-functioning. And if you are, it's probably going to be short-lived. And this is why. Several psychologists, and this is just a mouthful of uh, verbiage, and researchers have defined meditation in several ways. One is this. Meditation refers to a family of self-regulation practices that focus on training attention and awareness to bring mental processes under greater voluntary control and thereby foster general mental well-being and development and for specific capacities such as calm, clarity, and concentration. So what does that mean? Easier understanding? You form habits that will allow you to sit quietly. <laughs> okay. And those things will in turn help with calmness and clarity and concentration. So I love that big mouthful. It's great. But can we just get this down, you know, bring it down to what we can understand. Now, some people can do this weekly and they take a fairly significant amount of time to do it. I do not. First of all, I have mind chatter forever. I don't know about you. In fact, I posted that on my Instagram page today in my stories. I've subscribed now, of course. I'm just loving Jim Quick's book. And so I subscribe to his channels uh, or his pages or channels, whatever, on Instagram. And he has two, him, Jim Quick, and Quick Learning is the other one, where she posts all sorts of fun stuff. And there's a four-part cartoon, your brain. Hey, you thinking of going to sleep? The person, yeah, I am. So be quiet now. Your brain. Every sea in Pacific Ocean is pronounced differently. Person in bed, eyes open, brain on fire. Yeah, that's... What happens when your ego gets to do all the talking in your head at night? And I've definitely struggled that with that for years. So I tend to contemplate, meditate, prayer, pray every day. Now, I was raised that way as well. So it kind of came a little easier for me. But I just thought that cartoon was really cute and I, I posted it. Now, as I, as I got older and I discovered the law of attraction, I realized I needed to quiet my mind. This wasn't just about prayer. This was about letting the universe speak to me. Um, biblically, it wouldn't be any different either than people say quiet, you know, be quiet in the presence of the Lord and, and whatever. 
It's kind of all got the same theme, guys. But you need to quiet you so that someone else can have something to say. Uh, in this case, like I say, if the universe needs to impart some pieces of wisdom or knowledge to you, you've got to find a way to, to be silent. So meditation is a term that is quite difficult for some people to kind of grasp because it kind of brings up to, uh, to mind, you know, Eastern cults and Christian monks who spend most of their time in monasteries. But if you, you know, if we use that paintbrush to, to color all of meditation, then we are really far away from the truth because the upside is that you don't have to be of a particular religion to enjoy the beauty and the benefits of meditation. You don't have to sit in a room with whale music, incense burning and the candles all lit to have a time of contemplation. Secular meditation is a form of reflection where the emphasis is on stress reduction, relaxation, and self-improvement rather than on spiritual growth. But it's still all equally effective. All you need to do is be present in and conscious of the process. The purpose of this principle is not to launch into a space of mind and spirituality to, you know, uncover the unknown facts of divinity. We simply want to achieve um, a mentally, emotionally clearer and calm state of mind. That's, that's really all we're looking for. Okay. So you could easily think that meditation aims to reduce stress, depression, and anxiety and to increase peace, perception, and well-being, and you would be right. Your mind, body, and spirit need that time. Now, I'm an A-type personality and that, you know, has served me well most of my life. But now that I'm dealing with, you know, compromised health, meditation has become very important to me to keep me high functioning and productive because of the benefits that I've just kind of mentioned in the last little bit. My latest book that I'm reading, I told you, um, is Limitless by Jim Quick. And he once again states that research has shown that we can only concentrate and learn so much for so long and then the brain needs a break. So just, I've only just started his book. I'm only in the first few chapters. That really hit home for me because I think I spoke about this on last week's podcast, which was not part of the series. I just was talking about judgment and stuff. But I've spent a lot of time learning during this COVID. Uh, you know, this has been a pivot point of change for me. And I've been able to put all of my, most of my attentions and energy into what I'm doing now. Part of that was, though, I overwhelmed myself. There was so much free content out there that I just some days spent hours and hours upon days learning. And I was getting very exhausted and I had... Uh, I rarely get migraines, but these my headaches, I could, we just call them in this household. I'm getting one of my headaches and my husband knows exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I was getting them and I, I rarely get them. They're usually caused hormonally. And I'm thinking somewhere in this situation, I've let my habits slip and I was overwhelming my brain. And sure enough, we went away for the weekend for my birthday. I started reading this book in the car and on the way home, I hit the chapter that talked about this. 25 minutes. In fact, he has a segment in his book where once you've read it, he says, okay, put the foot down. Put the, put the book down now. You're done. I know we did a little research on this. And we know it's going to take you between 20 and 30 minutes to read this segment. You're done for today. And I, I just kind of went, cool. You know what was really neat about that, actually? I felt like I was, you know, getting permission to, to not learn, you know, for a little bit. But... These are the things they've discovered in science and in really studying the brain a lot in the last few years. All right, so what do we want? How do we want to deal with this? Some people like morning, some people like night, some people like both. 
you don't have to start out with long hours of meditation, okay? You, you're probably going to find that very, very difficult. It might be the simple as five or 10 minutes in bed when you've woken up in the morning before your alarm trips off. Now, for me, it's closer to 15 or 20, but you know, you decide what your, what your schedule and the life that you're choosing can handle. So if you get wake up and you feel like, I want another half hour of sleep, or you're asking yourself, do I want another half hour of sleep, or has my body had enough rest? If your body's had enough rest, and this is something I started doing, it was like, okay, I'm going to actually sit here and have my half an hour of contemplation. And this is why where I allow myself to wake up slowly and let the thoughts start coming. Because I shut all that stuff down the night before. I've had a good night's sleep. Yes, I could probably roll over, curl into those covers with the because I've got blackout blinds in my in my bedroom and sleep a little longer. But really, if you've woken up and you're aware of your surroundings, you know, let yourself keep going with that and get out of bed, okay? So why is this important for me? Because a relaxed body is a relaxed mind. And I actually had to start learning to scribe because using that time for meditation, ideas and thoughts would come to me so quickly. But then when I truly got up and out of bed and, you know, did my morning routine, it was like, oh, what were all those thoughts again? Whereas now when I've truly thinking, okay, I've run through what I need to run through in my brain. I lean over, grab my books and I just start scribing. And sometimes it's just chicken scratch, but it's just getting the thoughts out of my head and onto paper. That way, if perhaps I'm trying to work through something, I don't sort of gerbil wheel it. Or I really just need to say, hey, I just want to grab that idea. Like the universe spoke, I listened. Can I just grab this now? So any of that sort of will work. Now, I like my morning routine. This really works well for me because when I'm awake, I'm awake in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm a morning person, like I'm up, I'm up, I'm in a good mood. But that doesn't necessarily mean I always want to get out of bed. So this sort of gave me an excuse, <laughs> I got I to admit that, to give myself an extra 15, 20 minutes where I can focus my thoughts. Now, if that doesn't work for you, maybe for you, it's falling asleep at night and you're trying to clear your mind, then meditation then is also an excellent practice. And I, I practice this as well, but I just really enjoy my mornings. Thoughts are always flowing through our minds, just like waves are continuously flowing, uh, forming on the ocean, but you don't necessarily have to hang onto them. You know how a wave comes in and then goes out? I need you to have that visualization and think about your thoughts that way as well. If too much thinking starts to impede our focus and it starts to bring on anxiety and stress and, and uh, sometimes it's even associated with high blood pressure, then meditation is something that you need to practice because it will increase your resilience to those things. And it will help, excuse me, reduce your tendency. And that's where we get back to the inclination, you how you tend to be uh, towards sort of stress and anxiety and overthinking things. Because with practice, you can learn to calm your mind. You're never going to stop all the thoughts. In fact, that is something that I'm fixing in the ebook. There is a sentence in my ebook that says that it's beneficial because it can, you know, can bring on a complete cessation of thoughts. Um, I don't actually believe that fully. You would have to be pretty darn practiced in meditation for all thoughts to leave your mind because even thinking that you don't have a thought is a thought. But everybody's different, okay? Now, again, just a little reminder from the previous, you know, five minutes ago, if you're doing all the talking, how can you hear? 
okay? So these are the times when you need to let the thoughts flow and just don't hang on to them. Even if they're negative, have the thought and let it go. And eventually you will find that you will be able to calm your mind better. And then it's about putting in good thoughts. This is where, you know, prayer or showing gratitude or putting out to the universe what you want. Those things can start being part of your brain process instead of all the worry and all the anxiety that we tend to hang on to when we're trying to relax. A really great book for this, and I've probably mentioned it before, is Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. That really changed things for me. It really opened up my awareness about staying present in every area of my life, but especially when meditating, because I do have a a mind that just wanders constantly. So if you could, if you would ask it literally and figuratively, no, literally, sorry, and physically in your mind when you're going to bed at night to ask your ego to please be quiet. This may seem kind of silly, but I actually say this to my ego. I need you to be quiet now. And every time it tries to pop up, we're not talking just about letting the, the mind, the, the thoughts flow, but it's the stuff like the, um, like what I just said in the, in the cartoon. Really? You want me to dwell on that right now? No, I don't know. That's the stuff the ego brings up. The other thoughts are just, you know what? Our brains are just, they're processing so much and our emotions and we get attached to things and we had stuff happen in our day. You kind of, you need to learn a little bit the difference of those, but your ego is always going to want to be front and center. It's, that's the point of it. It's egocentric. It wants to be the center of attention at all times. You mustn't let it. You know, we talk, lots of people talk about your ego in your day-to-day life, when you're act reacting or acting out there in the, interacting, sorry, is the word I was looking for, out there in the world. And we always say that person's got a huge ego. Everybody has an ego. And how it manifests in your life can be very different. So there's that external manifestation of your ego, but your ego is also running around in your, in your mind, in your head, saying things. And maybe things that you don't necessarily think should be the number one opinion of what's going on in your body, mind, soul, and spirit, okay? So just kind of be, kind of be aware of that. So if you're a beginner at meditation, the one thing I want you to know right out of the gate is that the practice of meditation is not to come to a point where you can focus without being distracted, okay? Not in someone's day-to-day life. Save that for, you know, Jay Shetty. <laughs> and he probably can meditate for hours, I'm sure of it. He was, a, he was a monk. But the rest of us, we are contemplating or meditating or calming our mind so that we can become aware of what we're thinking. Okay, that's what I want you, at least that is what I want you to be doing in this step three. I want you to be start becoming aware of your thinking because to restructure your thoughts in order to handle stress and anxiety, you must first be able to identify your thoughts. So just like we talked about inclination and how your habits, you know, things you do, I'm not ever going to open that cupboard. It needs to be on the counter. I don't look at those types of things. A little bit the same thing here in the fact that We've got to identify the thoughts, then we can redirect our focus back to the initial point where we got distracted. So to start with meditation, perhaps find something that you want to meditate on. Gratitude or putting out to the universe what you want, a vision of yourself, okay? That is the focus. Then accept and expect 
that other stuff's going to come in as an interruption. But just keep bringing yourself to the focus. If you do not have an intention, maybe that's what we should call this. Contemplation or intention. That's what my yoga instructor uses all the time. She always you know, says, set an intention before we start our practice. And that way that intention is foremost in your mind for, for that practice and for the day. All right? So when you're meditating at night, though, don't fight sleep. Let your mind roll. Don't look out for something to hear or see or feel. Just allow whatever rises into your recognition to be naturally replaced by something else. What your intention was. So this specific art of meditation is what open awareness means. What I uh, earlier described is the universe having something important to say to you. Not just stopping all the thoughts and trying to learn to clear your mind. Really, it's a little bit more about changing the thoughts and putting your ego to bed for, for, for a little while. So there's a great diagram by Greg Montana and taught by one of my personal coaches, Monique McDonald, who is the creator of Discover Your Sacred Gifts. It's called the chaos cycle. So it's got four components and so many of us live in too much action, which is quickly followed by chaos because we never have time to rest and let creativity come. I remember when I'd taken the sacred gifts course for the first time and I actually, for a couple of months after that, I personally coached like with, with Monique. She was my coach. I mean, and this was something we really had to work on because I was the queen of action, crash, action, crash, action, crash, not the rest of it. You know, not spending time and planning and discovery and I just, everything was about action until I literally couldn't function and then I would crash and rest and then I'd go right back at it. So it really taught me a, a, you know, a different way of being and a different way of, of sort of letting, letting myself, giving myself a break, letting myself rest. And when you do that, it's amazing actually how much more productive you can be. And that was something that was not taught in the 80s. Everything was about action, 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 you know, being the super mom, being the female executive, breaking the glass ceiling. Now, I'm speaking to the women of my, of my listeners, but men no different. You know, the Tony Robbins, uh, even he, you know, he teaches very differently these days than he did 30 years ago. Everything was about the hard sale and the corporate ladder. That mentality and the multitasking oh my goodness the multitasking that mentality has really started to change and I'm so grateful for it it has proven that it simply doesn't work at least not without other things in place to balance it okay this might sound a little bit red but I am actually reading an actual sentence because I just want to make sure I get it right for my listeners so meditation is a practice you know it is one of calming the mind and letting the peace flow through you but you have to work at it. So it therefore, it is also a high-functioning habit. All right? But this act, when practiced with persistence and discipline, can transform into a very peaceful state of mind rather than just another practice you quote-unquote have to engage in. And that's the ultimate goal to keep you high-functioning. We want you in a state of mind that consistently keeps you level, keeps your awareness um, activated, keeps you aware of your inclinations, keeps you aware of your why. We're going to talk about open-mindedness in in the next segment. All of these things are good habits and they are what create a higher functioning person. If you are constantly struggling with a habit and you don't see the fit of it into your lifestyle and it... um, 
complimenting. That's what I'm looking for. I do that a lot, don't I? And it's not complimenting the vision you have of yourself. If you ask yourself, is this serving me? You will discover the difference between the two. We don't want to be just, I talk about this a lot, willpower habits. They're not sustainable. Willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan. Contemplation will allow you to find that plan. It isn't just about keeping the mind calm. It is truly about changing your thoughts, what you think, how you think. And all of this is tied up into the vision you have of yourself and what you want to see manifest in your life. All right, have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.